you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious and most holy Lord, we uh, do praise you with our lives and our lips. We, uh, we just offer you a... just a small portion returned of what you give to us so often. We thank you for already speaking to us in the service. Give us ears to hear and hearts that would be courageous to follow you wherever it is you're calling us to stay. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. It is good to be here today. It's so good to be in this place, and uh, thank you for taking good care of us, Sarah. Just uh, awesome to, to be uh, to be here. And um, and when Chad asked me a couple months ago, he said they're going on vacation, which I'm so glad. And Chad, I don't know if y'all are watching. Just we're excited that you're getting some rest. And and uh, I was very excited about being here and being in this place. And and so much has not changed. Just. It, Every time I get to hear Janelle and be uh, be here, that's great. And Sarah, could it be any better? Somebody starts in the middle of a pandemic, doesn't meet y'all for, what, 12 months at least. And most of them you're really excited about having met at this point. So, yeah, there's a few, but we can talk later. Um, and then And then just how she's absolutely just gone from just absolutely blooming in so many ways, and we just thank you for how you're loving all of us, and you are just wonderful, so uh, so thanks for that, Sarah, very, very much. Yeah, I think she deserves it. I, I couldn't have done that in the middle of the pandemic and everything else and had to work with Chad. I mean, there's so many, so many things that are going against her right now, so, and thank y'all. That was beautiful. It's like y'all have sung together before or something, yeah. Had a really good teacher, yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have a little, just, I want to know why no one told me. I, I want to know what, why no one told me. I mean, I was here nine years. Someone could have suggested how much I would need these as time went on. <laughs> It is, it's gotten to the point where if I leave the house and forget my phone, I really don't care. I'm like, they'll track me down if they need me. If I leave the house and forget these, you know what happens? Absolutely. Wherever I am, I turn around and go back. I don't care if I'm in my office sitting there and, and thinking, where are my glasses? Oh, they're at home. I have to turn around and go back. It has gotten so bad at one point. I'm heading downtown a couple of weeks ago to, um, to, to begin the services. And I stopped at Starbucks on Angli- Angliana or Virginia? Where did I stop? Somewhere on Virginia. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Yeah, it's really bad. So I, I, I stop, and the line is around the building at, when I get there. And I thought, well, I'm not going to wait in line because I have places to be. So I park, I go in, 
And I grab my phone and I go in with my phone and I'm like, I want a venti blonde roast. And they're like, yes, sir, we can do that. And I get ready to pay and my things on my phone. I forgot my glasses back in the car. I have no idea which button to push or anything else. And so I stand there kind of awkwardly and I think I have two choices. I can either go back to the car and get the glasses or this lady, this barista that's helping me, she looks very honest. And so I turned to her, I said, I am so sorry, but I cannot see my phone. Could you help me? And she said, oh, yes, sir. And she didn't say it like real pleasantly. She was like, oh, yes, sir. Like patting me on the head. I can help you. I can help with you with your technology problems. And really, I'm like, I just can't see it. I know what to do. I just can't see it. And she said, oh, yes, sir. I'm sure you do. And so I turn my phone around, and she pushes a couple buttons, and, and she gives me my, my coffee. And, you know, I think we're okay. It, it all worked out. Nothing came out of the other bank account. So I was so happy. But I'm just so dependent on it. We went to get sunglasses the other day. I am going someplace. It's just not going to be fast. We went to get sunglasses the other day, and they, uh, they have these different frames, so you got to find the frame that you want, right? And that takes a while. I knew immediately when I walked in. And then there's like lenses, blue, gray, what else? Brown, like my hair used to be, and, and, and green. But you can get lenses that you look through the lens and you see things in that color. And I put the blue lenses on and the sky looked really blue and it was like an overcast day and I'm like, I'm a realist, I can't handle this. So I sort of, I just went back with the gray and, and got the gray, but it just got me reminded, it just reminded me that we all have lenses on that we see the world through. It's not just about sunglasses. We all have places that we see that are magnified even more greatly by how we look through the lenses that we have. That's where we're going this morning. It's Trinity Sunday, the Sunday that we remember that God is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And today we're going to use the Genesis 2 passage. So if you have it in front of you, we'll be referring to it as we go through this scripture. But God is Father. Now, I'm going to admit early on and right now that sometimes the image of God as a holy Father can be troublesome. Particularly if, if we haven't had a good relationship with our own Father it can be one that just really maybe we're not very comfortable with. And if that's you this morning, let me just say, you may want to think of God as holy parent. Completely okay to do. Not a problem at all. But I think there's really something important as we begin to look at how God operates and how God relates to us as a holy parent or a holy father, as Jesus would call him all throughout the Gospels, including John 14 through 17, making sure that we understood that there was a father in heaven that had sent the son, who would then send the Holy Spirit. But God is father. Thomas Oden, in his book, Classic Christianity, said, 
the greatest gift that Christianity has given Judaism in the understanding of the Hebrew scriptures is this concept of God as Father, a holy parent that is with us in relationship, not only in creation. As Wesleyans, as we are as United Methodists, the primary way that we view every piece of scripture, anything that we come to theologically, is through the lens of God as Father. Now, there's a lot of other, other ways you could do. God as King, Redeemer, Savior, Lord, Friend. But we typically come and do our theological work based on God as Father. That's where we start. We don't deny that others exist, but what we do is say this is the primary one that we see throughout all Scripture. And so just for a few minutes, I want to talk about what, what does it look like God being Father and use this Genesis 2, 4 through 9, to sort of get into it. Now, this is the second creation story in Genesis. Or, if you really wanted to split hairs, maybe it's the third one. I won't go too far into that. But, but there, there could be the first one is just simply Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a creation story in itself. And then you get all of Genesis 1, which is the not the original creation story, the one that was read for us by Jan earlier was the original creation story, the older one. Then you get to Genesis 2, 4, and there's this transition line that says, this is the generations in which the heavens and earth were created. It's almost a summary statement for the first creation story, or it's the beginning of the second one. However you want to look at it, it's definitely a bridge. These two things go together. Why do we have two creation stories? Because they go together just like four Gospels. It makes sense that way. We get different perspectives and different things that are nuanced in different understandings because we have two of them that we can compare and contrast and talk about. It's sort of like Snickers, right? You get the best of both worlds all in one candy bar, and that's what you really look like when you start talking about creation stories in Genesis 1 and 2. So they put these together. Genesis 2 begins, and the first thing we notice is that God has been given a name. All of the first creation story, God is just simply called God or Elohim. Soon as the second creation story begins, God has been given a first name, Yahweh Elohim. And not just once, but I don't know about you, I need to be told several times, five times from Genesis 2, verse 4 through 9, do we get God's name as Yahweh Elohim. It's God's first name, Yahweh, or sometimes it's translated Jehovah. John Wesley would m m mostly say Jehovah. But it's this first name of God, meaning that God is knowable, personable, that God is, is not some, a deity that's going to be in distance, but he's going to be someone that we can know and call by name. He, not just a creator, but a person that knows us and we can know. There's a few things in that that I think are really important. 
First of all, if we know someone, we can imitate them. We can know something about them. We, we can actually walk in their footsteps and imitate them and, and be like them. Many of you have been fortunate enough to, to meet my father. He's uh, 20 years older than I am. That's about the only thing different between the two of us. That's, that's basically it. I mean, we look alike. We talk alike. I'll look in the mirror and say, when did dad get here? I say that a lot. <laughs> and, and when my kids start calling me Gramps, I'm going to draw the line at that point. But really, it would be a good thing. But, but he, he and I, we do resemble one another. And his brother, my uncle, is uh, in between us. And it is eerie when we get in the same room because it's like, you all look alike. I mean, and have the same mannerisms and, and things like that. There's so much about dad that I not only look like, but I have imitated across my life. I think that's why God has a first name, so that we can know God, not just as some impersonal deity, but as a parent, a father, someone that we could draw close to. We know their first name we can understand what they're like and, and we can imitate them. I think God allows us to get to know him because God wants us to be forgiving just like he is. God wants us to, to use our creative energies and passions just like he does. God wants us to care for one another just like he does. And I love that God loves us so enough, enough that says, I'll let you know my first name. You can just know me. You can just know me. The second piece about knowing someone is really important too. The more I've gotten to know my own dad, the more I realized he delights in me. It's not about what I do. I used to think that early on, but it's just who I am. Your heavenly father delights in you just simply knows everything about you and delights in you. Wants to simply be next to you and share your life with you. How awesome is that? Very few people in our life do we get to journey with so closely that knows us completely and still chooses to remain with us. And yet God, our heavenly parent, absolutely does this. But it doesn't stop there. It just continues to get better and better. This Yahweh Elohim, he's almighty. Isn't that what we said in the creed earlier? Almighty God, almighty Father. And you can see it in this passage. God's constantly at work making and forming and breathing and putting and causing He's doing so much for us, everything for us. It's a great reminder that God's at work and we don't have to be. Oh, it's not that we don't work. We, don't par we partner with God, but God's at work and God's almighty. God has this whole creation, whole earth, and, and we can allow God to take care of everything. There's a, a um, 
a prayer attributed to Pope John Paul XIII. And it goes something like this. Can you imagine? Now just in your head, Pope praying at night. Lord, I have done everything I possibly can for your church. But it's your church, so I'm going to go to bed now. (laughs) I love that. I think it's apocryphal. I don't think that was actually ever uttered by Pope John Paul. But if it was, I love him even more. And it's a good reminder to me, particularly these last 14 months, many a night before I've laid my head on the pillow, I've just prayed, I have done everything I can for your church. But it's your church. I'm going to bed. (laughs) You take care, because I know you can. We don't have to carry the burdens that we do. We have someone who is strong enough and willing and loves us enough to do that. And what if, we, what if we just begin to take our whole life? Lord, I've done everything I can for my family. But they're yours. And I'm going to bed now. I've done everything I can for this job. But you put me here. I'm going to bed now. Do you know how the first creation story ends? Sure you do. Sabbath. Rest completed it. Why do we think we have to keep working and working and working and working and working and work? Yeah. When it's completed, when we include rest in there, and I wonder if God's just telling us this day, anybody else? I got it. Whatever you're dealing with, I've got. Pray this prayer tonight. Pray it now if you want to. You don't have to wait till tonight. Lord, I have done everything I possibly can. Now I'm going to rest because I know you are the one who is able to do whatever needs to be done. It'll change everything if we'll begin to pray that prayer. This holy parent who we know by name, because he's allowed that, who has done everything for us because he loves us that much, has also given us a purpose. Did you catch it in the scripture reading? It says that God formed this, uh, this earth, but there was no vegetation on it. Why? Because there was no rain and there was no one to till the earth. I love that. <laughs> Actually, that really kind of puts us at a distinct disadvantage, Sarah. (laughs) But God's like, I can't put vegetation here. There's nobody to tend it and care for it and take care of it. I just said that God doesn't want us to work ourselves and work ourselves and work ourselves. But God does allow us to partner with him in ways that are natural and bring about beauty and passion and bring about fullness in our lives. And there's two 
basic things that God wants us to be a part of. Caring for his creation and caring for his family. Now, we, we, I'm not going to get into an argument about creation care in terms of climate change. Not political this morning. But we can all agree that we've been placed here to be stewards of the very gifts that God has given us. And I believe it goes beyond the trees and the plants. And it goes into our neighbors and our friends. If God's a heavenly father as we believe, then we are an earthly family heading to a heavenly existence. And one of the great purposes God has placed us in right beside one another is to continue the journey together caring for one another. We've had this past few months a good number of ways and times to care for one another, haven't we? I still miss Harold Hunter. Every time he'd see me, he asked me where Susan was. I'm like, I'm right here, Harold. He goes, I know, but I like Susan better. <laughs> Harold, he showed us what it meant to care and to love. I still can't believe Ed Sims, right? And yet I saw how you poured out love and care upon Ed and Ruthie at every turn. That's what it looks like to be family. That's what it looks like to be God's family that's heading from this place to an eternity. And God's going to use every last care, every last thing that happens for a greater good. I'm convinced of it. Because that's what dads do in the best sense of the term. So may we uh, rest in that today. May we just know we're not walking through this life alone, some random. We are walking through this life accompanied by someone who is almighty, who we know by name, who will do the heavy lifting for us and will surely never let us down. Gracious and most holy Lord, we praise you and thank you for these moments in time. We, your children, gather together today, praise and honor you. And Lord, we, uh, we're here because that you've called us here. And we'll leave here because you've sent us forth in the power of your spirit. We thank you for what your son, our savior, means to us this day. And we thank you for your good ideas and your good power that brings us, sends us, and sustains us. It's in your name we pray.